Thank you for that reading. That's better. <laughs> got to fit those jokes in somewhere, don't we? We've got to get the 2020 thing out of the way. <laughs> oh, I can't see a thing in those. <laughs> All righty. Well, welcome to, welcome to church and welcome to Vision Sunday, a Sunday where for probably the last six months or more, uh, myself and the staff and the elders have been spending time on our knees before God going, God, what do you want for your church at York Street? What, what, what do you want us to do to lead your people where you want them to go? I've got to say, it's, it's been difficult because there's been moments where we've been wrestling wrestling with things that God, we feel really clear as God has said, I want you to do this. And we go, oh, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> that's a bit scary. That's a bit bigger than us. And God goes, yeah, I know, because I'm a big God, but I want you to do it. And so we've wrestled through some of these things. So I'm really excited, a little bit nervous, um, but, but mostly excited to be sharing with what God has laid on the heart of the elders, uh, the ministry team, and myself for not only 2020, but also beyond. Now, like I said, I'm a little bit nervous, and when I was um, doing some leadership training last year, I heard a really wise speaker say that if you're ever really nervous and you forget what to say, what you need to do is just walk back to your notes and repeat the last line that you said while you gather your thoughts. So I'm just going to repeat the last line that I said while I gather my thoughts. <laughs> and sort my notes out, which I should have done before I got up here. In 1890, a group of families met in homes, in backyards, and in small halls and venues all over Ballarat East. They were known as the York Street Mission. They were also known as the Life Only in Christ and Second Advent Association just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It's like, like, ah, if you want to abbreviate it, just. They met with a heart to tell other people about how amazing Jesus Christ is, to lead them to a point of engagement with Christ, but to also then disciple those individuals so that they are empowered and equipped to be able to do the same. For the first 40 years of the church meeting like this, they had no paid minister. Instead, they equipped and empowered the congregational members to speak and to be released into ministry. And from time to time, they relied on Peel Street Church of Christ and Dawson Street Church of Christ for their ministers to come and offer some teaching and some pastoral support. In 1925... The York Street Mission felt that it had really strong ties with what was known as the Restoration Movement or the Churches of Christ in Victoria and Tasmania. And so they became an affiliate of the Churches of Christ and in 1925 they changed their name to the York Street Church of Christ. York Street continued to grow in both size and number and in faith 
and especially during the, the 1930s and 1920s and 30s, when evangelistic crusades were taking place throughout Ballarat, once again, York Street had a heart and a desire to reach those who did not yet know who Jesus was. York Street seems to have loved to grow, both in congregational size but also in buildings. In 1932, the small weatherboard chapel that we see behind us, which is where the church had started meeting, was outgrown. And they undertook a property development where they were then to build a small brick-fronted chapel. We still have that chapel today known as the Youth Hall. It didn't last too long. Actually, it was just the end of that decade. Two, uh, 19, 2000, I'm getting ahead of myself, 1939, when they realised that the old weatherboard chapel, which we can sort of see a little bit to the, the left, was, was not functioning the way that it needed to function, and so they demolished that chapel. We are not demolishing anything, but it's part of the history. In its place, they thought they would build a new hall, a hall that would facilitate Sunday school and midweek gatherings, and also having a cup of tea after the service. That hall is a part of our existing cafe today. From the 1930s, late 1930s, early 1940s, through to the 1980s, for, for 40 years that served the, the church well. The church met in the chapel and had fellowship, conversations and relationship in the hall. But they realised that they were quickly outgrowing the building and radically the, the facilities needed some maintenance and some updating. So in the 1980s, they set what was a six-year goal to build a state-of-the-art auditorium, to connect the existing buildings up, to add a kitchen, to add some better bathroom facilities to the property. And so they stepped out in faith, both financially and physically, with many of the members of the congregation putting hands to work. And over the six-year period, finishing in 1989, they finished the auditorium that we are a part of today. It served the church well. Minor developments and upgrades through to 2010 when the latest expansion to the building took place. York Street was such a feel for young families and, and it being in a very cold environment during winter, families needing somewhere to go, as well as running out of space to do ministries, realised that they needed more rooms. And so the last wing was extended and built onto the church which with a large indoor playground for our children and two more meeting rooms to facilitate even more ministry to take place in and through the week. We stand on this foundation. We stand on this legacy. A church that has embraced change. A church that has grown. A church that has always sought to reach those who don't know Christ. A church willing to take a step of faith. This is York Street Church of Christ. This is who we are. And so we take our legacy, we take our history, and we build upon this into the future, echoing the heart of our heritage as we pioneer into a brand new season in the life of the church. And so this morning, 
I bring to you the new mission of our church, the vision for our church, as well as the core values that we stand upon in order to reach that mission and vision, our non-negotiables, as well as some of the speakers that we're going to hear throughout the year and what initiatives we're going to take on in order to reach this mission and vision for the church. But before we do, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, We thank you for the legacy and the heritage that we stand upon. We thank you that we are not here by accident, that we get to stand and experience this building and this congregation and this service because of those that have gone before, those that have been obedient to your call, those that have been willing to put their money, their finances, their physicality, their talents, their prayer and their heart where you wanted them to be. Lord, we thank you for that. And we ask that future generations will look back at us and say we are thankful for what we did for them. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So why did God place York Street where it is? What is the mission? Why are we here? If you were to take York Street away, this church, if it wasn't to exist, what what would happen? Why did God want us here? Why did God plant us here? We believe that that our heritage speaks into this as well as the future. And in Matthew chapter 28, we see the Great Commission when Jesus, speaking to his people, Matthew being a book written to the Jews, God's people and us being God's people, believe that when God spoke to us, when Jesus left those final words, he said, go into all the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In verse 20, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded, which is discipleship, and surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. And we believe our forefathers in this church believe that. They believe that they were to go into the nations. They were to go into the community, but they were to, to be, be so anchored in discipleship, in raising up others, to teach them to obey the commandments. And we believe that that hasn't actually changed. That is the mission. That is the reason God has placed us here. And so the mission for our church is that at York Street, our purpose is to lead people to Jesus and disciple them so that they are equipped to do the same. At York Street, our purpose is to lead people to Jesus and disciple them so that they are equipped to do the same. So how do we get there? What do we see? If that's our mission, if that's the purpose that we exist, what do we see and what will we see into the future? And the vision has two parts. Part of it is what we see now and who we are, but also where are we going? And with all of our vision and core values, we've gone less is more. It's been a long process in this. We've, we've gone, this is the core thing, maybe evangelism, and then we've Huge discussions on evangelism. Now we've gone, we've got to make it simpler. Okay, we've got this. But what about evangelism within our, our homes? What about, oh, and we bring it down. It's been this, this journey of wrestling through the words and the topics and, and where we've come up with, with some simple, memorable lines. And the most simple line that explains the vision for who we are is, is, is really simple because we have an odd church. 
That's not the myth. That's not the vision. We're an odd church. <laughs> We're odd because we have three totally separate, dynamic and diverse congregations that are all your street. We have a traditional service with traditional art expressions of worship. We have our family service with an incredible kids program. And we have our youth and young adults service at night. Most churches would choose to find one style of service and do that multiple times. But we've said, no, we don't want to say no to other members of our congregation or stop them from worshipping. There is strength in worshipping with those who like to worship through hymns. There is strength in those who want to, maybe if you're a little bit like me in our 10.30, like some of the old power ballads. Bring back the lead guitar. No, no. But, but there's, you know, there's something in that, you know, there's something in our generation, our demographic, where it's like, yeah. And there's something in, in our PM service where our youth and young adults just want to go deep. They want a depth of worship. And they, they have the lights down and the atmosphere and mood, but they want to go deep. And that's all okay. And as a church, I believe that's totally fine. Why? Because I believe that as church, we are family. Different ages and different stages. The vision, when I walk in the door, I see that we are family. I saw at Christmas time that all different ages, all worshipping together, all playing outside at our Christmas event, this ginormous family that is our church, journeying together, loving together, serving together, being one. While we are many, we are still one. We are still York Street. Although we have multiple services, although we have multiple small groups, we are still one church. But we are all brothers and sisters of Christ, sons and daughters of the living God. And so we are united as a family. You don't need to be a biological mother or father or stepmom or grandma or whatever to be a part of the family. You just need to be here. You belong. You are a part of our family. So to expand on that a little bit, our vision is that we strive to be a large church. Why? Because more people need to know who Jesus is. That values family, all ages and stages, and reaches communities beyond its own. We are not an inward-facing club that's thinking about ourselves. We don't want to be comfortable. That's not in God's word. It doesn't say get comfortable. Relax, put your feet up. That's not what it says. It says we're meant to be moving forward. We're meant to be for something bigger than ourselves. And we want to be reaching communities beyond our own. What is that community? It could be your family, if they don't know who Jesus is. It could be your workplace. It could be the local school. It may be our next-door neighbours. Or maybe what's happening over in India, on the mission field. It's communities beyond our own. We exist to spread the good news of Jesus Christ with those. Jesus came for the lost, those that were sick. He left the 99 for the one. And we want to follow that example, that command, and do the same. We exist as a family to build one another up so we can go and reach communities beyond our own. But how do we do that? We need some core values, some pillars, some foundational stones that we will stand upon that will anchor us and move us forward in the direction that God has called us. I said, I'm going to fly over these pretty quickly because over the rest of this first term, the next month or so, we're going to be preaching through these. So we're going to spend some more time in our core values. But our very first value has to be God's word. And so our core values begin that we are anchored by Scripture and led by the Spirit. 
I was reminded of that yesterday at the baptisms that we saw and at, lake, at the lake. It was incredible. And it reminded me of when Jesus himself was baptized. And immediately after he was baptized, the Spirit led him into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And he was tempted by Satan. And every time he was tempted by Satan, he deflected Satan's attacks by quoting Scripture. He was so founded in God's word. He was anchored in the word, but he was led by the Spirit. And we want to be led by the Spirit. It may take us places that we're uncomfortable. 40 days and 40 nights, you know, that small verse afterwards, and Jesus was hungry. Like, yeah, I'd probably use a different word, but okay. Like sometimes when the Spirit leads us, it's uncomfortable, but when we're anchored by Scripture, we can fend off the attacks that come from those places. And because we're such a family-focused church, family being all of us, all-inclusive, we believe that God cares for every member of his family, not just those that are sitting within these walls, but those that are across the road, those that are in your schools, in your workplaces. And if God cares for every member of his family, so do we. And the way that we treat each other, the way that we treat others, the way that we communicate represents the way that God loves them. Why do we do this? Because they need to know who Jesus is. And so there are no bounds to our willingness to share the gospel. There are no bounds to our willingness. We will try new things. We will go out of our way to lead people to a place where we can have that God-centered conversation so that God can do his bit but we'll do ours. It's the Holy Spirit that transforms lives, but we need to live in a way and, and be bold enough to have conversations to lead people to a place where they can have that conversation with God and be equipped to say, God, if you are real, show me. And then God can do his part. But to do that, we need to be equipped. So as a church, we will equip people to live, lead, and love just as Jesus did. Anchored by Scripture, led by the Spirit. We're excited about some of the initiatives this year that will help us do that. We're not satisfied with the ordinary, though, because we think and act outside the box. Can you imagine what it was like in 1925 when the church changed its name? Can you imagine in 1939 what it was like when the church decided to pull down the old church building? Poor thinking outside the box. I want to say for those that were around in the 1980s when they built this auditorium, that it's because of your work and your effort, your sacrifice, your prayer, your financial support, that every single baptism that has taken place since then is because you were obedient, because you showed love, because you contributed. Every single person that has gone through the waters of baptism, those hundreds and hundreds of people that have been through there since the 1980s, is because you took a step of faith. You thought outside the box. A little church on York Street built a giant auditorium that, that it, it had heaps of spare seats. The church wasn't that big back then. But because you thought outside the box and took a step of faith, we have grown to the point where now we have over 400 people that come into worship regularly on a Sunday. Over 900 people. 800 people, sorry. I don't want to inflate the numbers. <laughs> 800 people that call this church home. 
because people thought and acted outside the box. We don't want to conform to what has been done in the past. We want to take the pioneering spirit of our church, the legacy that we stand on and pioneer into the future. I don't mean to pick out Heather Luttrell, but she started with one box a few years ago. And last Christmas, 1,500 boxes went out into the community because she thought outside of that one box. Didn't she? <laughs> so much so that I had a conversation with someone just last week, I haven't caught up with you about this, who works for one of the, the agencies in our city and says they had so many boxes they, they couldn't give them all away at Christmas. So they're still giving them away. And they say it's such a blessing that on a weekly basis people are being blessed because of what somebody in our church did because they thought and acted outside the box and people's, people's lives are still being impacted come February. We want to take our pioneering spirit of old and we want to contribute to what God is doing and so to do that it is our joy to contribute to the kingdom and why can't it be fun? Why can't it be fun? I love looking at band practices on a Wednesday night and they're, they're up there doing it and someone will just hit the wrong chord and it is not subtle at all. It is just, oh, it sounds, like, like we'll name it, it sounds atrocious. Everyone bursts into laughter. <laughs> the whole song stops. It's wrecked. It's over. You've got to start again. And that's okay. It can be fun. No one's judging or criticizing. People are serving and have an amazing heart. And it's fantastic. And we want to serve. We want to contribute to the kingdom. It's not just about us as a church. It's about the kingdom, sharing what we have, our resources, but loving and having the joy of the Spirit within us every step of the way. When we were looking at putting together our core values and when we were looking at what God was calling us to do as a church moving forwards, God was really clear to me saying, Tim, I want you to... I want you to challenge the church because I feel like the church is comfortable. I feel like people are happy sitting where they're sitting. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I don't mind that though. I like people and, and I like when people like me. <laughs> I don't really want to rock the boat. <laughs> like, what does that look like? And it was pretty early on. I think I was probably here for a couple of weeks. Um, and Colette said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be here long term. I was like, oh, thank you. Um, and then the week after... Somebody said, oh, you're going to change the name of the church. I was like, yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's a great, yeah, let's, three weeks in. And to be honest, I prayed about that really hard. God, do you want us to change the name of the church? And, and I'm not going to string this out. God was really clear, no, so we're not. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to you know, do the communicator's thing and draw that one out. But I did sit with God and go, God, what... Why are we called York Street? What, what is it about us? What is our heritage? What is our identity? Where do we find ourselves? What, what are we comfortable with and what are you calling us to do? What, what wrestle do you want us to do? If you want us to change, how does that look? And so since I've started, I've been wrestling with this pretty heavily. I can tell you everything about York Street. Its name, what it means, that Yorkshire, I know Yorkie is an elfish, elvish, like pointy ears, elfish dog. You can do that, whatever you want. But, but I've researched extensively what York means, trying to find something spiritual about it. There's nothing spiritual about it. <laughs> it's the street that we're on. <laughs> the end. It's good. We've had the name for a long time. That's good. We're not going to change it. Good. <laughs> 
But God kept saying, the church is comfortable. You need to shake things up. You need to make people think and look and act differently in according with where we are leading, where I want you to take the church. And we've wrestled with this and we've looked at a bunch of things. And, and so what we have decided to do is change the icon, the, the, the imagery around our church. We're still York Street Church of Christ. We're still family. But we've changed the font of the name. And we've changed an icon around it. And in around doing this, we looked back at history. Why would we do this? Why would we change things? We don't want to change things for change's sake, but why? Why were things changed in the past? And God was clear, I really want you to do this. So we looked at a process of looking at a number of different icons. For We went to a graphic designer. He gave us four different images, and out of those images were even more images, and we, we wrestled through those for a while, and we took that to the elders, and the elders said, I don't like that one and that one, so okay, so we, we had two different images, and we took that to the staff, and the staff said, we like this one, and so the graphic designer made seven different versions of that one image, and then we voted about them, and, and we've wrestled about this really hard, and we've done it next to our vision, mission, and core values, saying what would represent who we are moving forwards, what would give us something that would help us as a church, to understand our identity, our heritage, but also our future. And we see in the images that are behind me, we see that in the past we've had a dove to represent the Holy Spirit. We've had the, the story of the chasm, that only the cross, you know, the sin, chasm of sin and the cross that joins the chasm. We've, we've, had, we've had sort of the, the Romany kind of crosses, the imagery from sort of a Gothic time. And we see different icons that have been associated with the church. 20 years ago, Churches of Christ Australia made an icon to help explain who we are as a church. And in that icon, they had a green grassy hill with a stone that had been rolled away. Most people don't realize that one. <laughs> but it also re represented a cross. And that's great. The cross is always central to who we are because of what Jesus did. But Jesus didn't stay on the cross. He rose again. And so a part of our icon in this new season is representing that Jesus isn't on the cross, he has risen. So I'm not going to string this out, I'm going to show the icon, then I'm going to show, explain it. So this is the new emblem for our church. It represents a tomb that is empty. It represents a rock that we build our church upon. When we look at the up and down lines, we see the pages of God's word. We know that when Jesus went to heaven, he came down, he sent his Holy Spirit in Acts 2, and tongues of fire sat above those disciples that called him Lord and Master. We've got this imagery that represents the rock, represents the empty tomb, it represents the, the flames, the tongues of fire, but also represents that we are one church of many different congregations. We are one church of many different small groups. We are one church of many pillars that hold up the mission and vision of who we are. And so, <laughs> I to say, like this is this is important. Some of us may feel uncomfortable, but as we move forward, it's it's, it's moving forwards in who God wants us to be, the foundation that He is that we are diverse but unified, heading in the same direction. So how do we get there? How do we fulfill the mission and vision for our church? I'm a big believer that sometimes you can get somebody in who's just got the capacity to communicate things that, that are far beyond my knowledge. Like, I'm just a, a car nut that preaches. Like, and we want to get some really great speakers. 
to come in and help us on our journey. And one of the speakers that has been helping our church through small groups that have been meeting and watching DVD series, as well as our men's ministry, is a guy called Carl Fays. So I'm really excited to announce that in August we have Carl Fays coming to our church. He'll be speaking at a men's breakfast on the Saturday morning and then on a leadership event in the afternoon. He'll be then speaking at all three Sunday messages through all of our three services. We're really excited because as a church we value family and, and as well as all of us being family, ages and stages, we believe that it's really important that mums and dads, those that have the primary care over children, are equipped to do that job well. And so what better place to go for help with our families than Focus on the Family Australia? And we have Brett Ryan, the CEO of Focus on the Family, coming in and running some parenting courses on the Saturday, but then also speaking at all three Sunday services. The youth ministry within our church has three key events through the year. The first one's come out in a couple of weeks. It's the youth camp. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be great. We've got some youth leaders around the room. Now you guys are excited. And, and it, it's incredible. We also have state youth games. State youth co- coordinators right back there. Yeah, you guys are doing great. Thanks, mate. Um, it's an incredible event. And then we have the Increase Conference. The keynote speaker at Increase Conference this year is a young guy called Jason Mountjoy. Some people will know him from ESA camps. And we're really excited. We have Jace Mountjoy coming and speaking with us on the Sunday of Increase Conference at all three services. Then help us with our kids' ministry this year, we have a guy called Dan Warlow. He's one of the leading kids' specialists in the Christian world of, um, of Australia at the moment. And I want to say out of all of the Christian artists that I have heard in 20 years of children's ministry, the theology and content of his songs is the best I've ever heard. I don't say that lightly. I really mean that. You get to the end of the song, it's like, yay, kids' song. It's like, ooh, that was, there was meat in that. There was, some, there was substance to the content in his songs. And so we're really blessed to have Dan. He'll be doing a family service for the 10.30 service, but he's also speaking the 8.45 and the 6. And what does it look like to be a, a face in Australia that is pro-Christianity? out in the media and in the public's eyes. So we're really looking forward to that. He'll also be doing some training with our young people while he's here. What initiatives are we going to be doing in 2020? So we've got some speakers. What are we going to do? Firstly, we're going to be running Alpha. We believe in evangelism. Alpha is going to be running. We're looking forward to that. Bring your friends along and sign up to Alpha for in term two and four. Our Weekly prayer meeting during term starts this Thursday from 5 to 7. Uh, you can come to church and we'll be praying on our knees before God, saying, God, what do you want for our church, our city, and our nation, and our world? And so every week of term, on a Thursday afternoon from 4 to 7, we want a, a more intentional partnership with our kindergarten on how we can reach these young people for the lost. Our staff and interns, we've got some exciting updates around that to come in the future. Leadership and parenting courses, as I said, we've got some great speakers coming as well as what we're going to be doing internally. Um, kids' ministry recording, we actually want to record some songs in kids' ministry. We have incredible musicians in our church, incredible musicians. And we want to give them a, an opportunity to use their gifts and their creativity to record something in children's ministry in 2020. We want to look at putting a video stream from our main auditorium through to the playground. The reason being that we've got our, our playgroup coordinators in the room that are awesome. This is great. And, and what an awesome opportunity. Sometimes our, our playgroup 
those mums would never, or mums and dads would never step foot inside the church, but they'd step foot inside the playground. And in the middle of winter, when it's pouring rain and it's freezing cold, they could come on a Sunday and use the playground, and all of a sudden there's church streaming. On a Sunday night, when families are torn because they've got young children, but they've also got teenagers, they want to come to the night service, but the kids have come in the morning and they don't know what to do, but the playground's closed because it's got to be supervised by adults for safety. What do they do? Well, the parents can go to the playground and still be a part of the church. But bigger than that, we want to use this as a pilot program because if we can stream internally to TVs around the building, we're going to put a TV where the old mission wall was. The mission wall hadn't been updated for a few years and so we wanted to so release the missions team from that obligation. We're going to put a large TV there and have something that's updated every month so it's fresh and the, the missions team don't have to stress about that anymore. But if we can stream to TVs around the place, what's stopping us from streaming church to those they can't make it here on a Sunday. Those that, that are shut-ins because of aged care, those that are maybe have a distance issue, those who in winter want to go somewhere warmer, maybe. That may not happen in 2020, that may be a 2021 goal, but I want to say that, that, that a lot of these, if you think the, mission, the vision's not big enough, you wait. <laughs> this is part one. But it, there's often there's parts that, that, that flow on from this. We want to equip people to experience the gospel of Jesus Christ in whatever means, thinking outside the box. The reverse Advent calendar boxes, we want to get on board with that again this year. The Christmas event, we're looking at doubling it. We packed it out last year. We ran out of seats so we couldn't. We had 800 flyers that we couldn't hand out because we booked it solid. So we want to do bigger and better next year. More small groups, more discipleship initiatives, and now we'll get on to the big ones. Now, our 10.30 service, you may have noticed, here we are, we're getting pretty full. There's a few seats. I can see some seats, and you might go, oh, there's a few. There's usually a few at the front. It's not too bad today. There's usually there's a few at the front. But if you've, if you've spent some time out in the kids' ministry area, they are packed. They are full. There's no space that the leaders and kids ratio, it's getting so full that, that it means that the groups get so large that you can't go deeper in discipleship. And so we need to alleviate that space. So if we're full, if the kids' ministry is full, if this service is so packed, what do we do? So we're going to think outside the box and we're going to trial something. So in September, October and November, for one week of each month, we're going to try three of these, we're going to add a fourth service. We're looking at adding it at four o'clock. That way, parents with children are able to, to come to church and then be home for dinner. It's not a late night for those that have school. It's creating a space for those that sometimes there's a conflict with, with sporting commitments and they don't know what to do. But more than anything else, it gives us an opportunity to grow. It gives space to grow. It also gives us a bit of a challenge. How are we going to do that? And I want to say that, that my commitment is that, that yeah, it's, it's a deep breath moment. It's like, whew, that's big. But I'm happy to preach four times if it means people engage with the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And if we fill that service, we'll add another one. If we fill that one, we'll add another one. If we get to the point where we can't fit any more services, we'll extend the church. But at the moment, we can add on without building on if we add more and be wise with our resources. But I'm happy to add more services if it means that people can be discipled, if kids can be raised up at the foot of the culture that we want them to inherit. And so we're looking at adding a fourth service on trial in September, October and November. You will have noticed, you may have also already tasted, that we have a coffee cart in the foyer. Yes, <laughs> mugs going up everywhere. <laughs> and, and the reason being, and we talked about this at the a- ABM last year, that there was plans to do something in the kitchen and, and I was a little bit against doing anything to the kitchen because it's a good kitchen. And I don't want to mess with what is an excellent kitchen. I don't want to add more clutter to what is a great kitchen. And what we usually do with our tea and coffee out in the kitchen is not going to change. We've just added something. We've added something that's portable. Something so that the coffee cart can be moved. It can be moved into different rooms if there's ministry taking place during the week. It can be put outside if we're doing something outside. It's something that's portable that that still serves the same purpose. It's an addition. And for February, it's free. Yeah. <laughs> we will end up charging because we just got to cover costs. We're not trying to get rich. We just need to cover the costs of the coffee and the milk for that. It's all run by volunteers. And that sounds good. But really, the coffee's for our newcomers. There's something about when somebody comes for the first time to church and they get given a really nice coffee that they go, I'm now going to drink it. And it gives us that window of opportunity to build a relationship with them. It gives us a window of opportunity to to involve them in the church family, the community that we naturally do. I believe that coffee equals community. (laughs) I know it it probably sounds a bit too deep for what it is, but, but I do believe that coffee equals community. So much so that we've rearranged the foyer a little bit to try and encourage people to go to where the seats are to sit in community. Rather than being splattered around in little pockets, why don't we be the community? the family that we're meant to be. So we're trialling it. We've, we've rearranged the cafe area with more tables and more seating to encourage people to sit down and do community. More people go to the playground to supervise their kids and do community with a coffee that's free from us if you're a visitor or if you're serving. So if you really don't want to play, pay for coffee, um, jump on a team and serve. That's another way to... And if that's not enough, <laughs> I love they've got to clap. <laughs> and this is, this is the big one, is that we found it last year. So, many, so often as people would come into our building for different reasons, to, to drop off a box or to, to ask what's happening at Christmas time or see what we're doing, they'd walk in for the first time and the first thing they would say when they walk inside those doors was, it looks good on the inside. In the 1980s, this building was renovated and it looked fantastic. And, and since then, the 30 or 40 years that have gone past has, has started to make the outside of the building, it's aged. The entrance isn't clear. We continually get, usually Pizza Hut, um, or, or a, I shouldn't use the brand name, but we use a, a, a delivery service will be standing at the other front door waiting for us because the front door is not clear. And so what we would love to do as a church is, is it may not take place, that the building may not start this year, but we want to build. 
We want to extend the cafe area out, but it'll also add a cafe that'll be open 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, for our community. Someone said recently at a prayer meeting that they did the calculations of how many cars were going past between 5 and 6 on a normal night. They counted 140. 140 cars going past our building with no reason to stop and come in. What if we created a reason? What if we, re we were able to reach out into our community, do something that, that helped inspire others to create community? After the mission ministries that take place, people often go for coffees, but they, they get left out. Or somebody on the way there goes, actually, no, I've got to do this other job, and they don't make it. If we can facilitate community over coffee... We can help train people up. There's so much we can do this. So we want to, want to fix the, the foyer area. We want to fix out there. We want to fix the car park. But most of all, we want to fix the roof. Come on. <laughs> and those that are sitting in that area of the church know exactly what I mean. They're probably getting wet as we speak. <laughs> it was great. We love that the building was built. We love that the way it was laid out. But we want to do some... Maintenance work, some extensive, expensive maintenance work to look after the property that God has given us, that those that have built beforehand. But we want to extend in a way that will be missional and reach out into the community as well as facilitate even more ministry within our church. At York Street, our purpose is to lead people to Jesus and disciple them so that they are equipped to do the same. We strive to be a large church that values family and reaches communities beyond its own. We are York Street Church of Christ. On my... Um, my induction service, when I first started here, I talked about a few things that God had been laying on my heart. You'll see some of those echoed through the mission and vision of the church. And, and I asked the congregation, I asked you to stand with me as a sign of obedience to say, yes, I believe that this church was born for more. Yes, I want to get on board with where the church is heading. And this morning I actually want to do something a bit different. And if you're not physically able to do this because of health reasons or physical reasons, please be excused. There's no obligation to do this, and, and God knows your heart, so if you can't physically do this, that is okay. But instead of standing as we launch into a new season in the life of the church, I actually want us to kneel. I want us to get up onto our knees and, and end this or start this where it started initially in the message, start the season. Where we, where we started this. We started this journey on our knees saying, God, what do you want for our church? This is your church. How do you want us to do this? Where do you want us to go? And we've spent a lot of time in tears, a lot of time on our knees, wrestling through scripture and in prayer saying, God, how do you want us to do this? What does this look like? And so as we launch into the new season, I'm going to ask us now to get on our knees as a church. Once again, if you can't do it, that's okay. You are released from the obligation of getting on your knees if physically you're unable to do it. That's okay. But I want us to start as a church this new season on our knees before God. Let's pray.
loving Father, we are your children. Lord, I pray that anything that has been said this morning, if it is of people, if it is of man, would it fall to the ground right now? We ask that your spirit and only your spirit be what takes heart, what takes root, and what is heard through your church and your congregation and your family. Lord, we pray that as we strive to be obedient to you, that we would have the courage to be bold enough to look at our heritage and our legacy and build on that into the future, that we would pioneer into new things that would declare your name into our community. Father God, I pray that as a church, as we are obedient to you, that you would increase our numbers not for our glory, but for yours, to the point where this city takes notice of what is happening in and through your people. I pray that at a government level, that the city of Ballarat will say, I am needing to make decisions that are influenced by those godly people on York Street. Lord, I pray that as we grow, that you would disciple us well, that we would be obedient to Scripture, We would be anchored in your word, but we would be led by your spirit to do things that are far beyond our own doing. Lord, would you humble us and speak to us. May we hear you and obey. We love you, God. We thank you that you loved us enough that you would send your son to die on a cross, to raise again, to send his spirit. We pray a blessing upon this next season, not for our glory, but for yours, so that future generations will tell the history of this moment and say that your people were obedient and stepped out in faith once again. Lord, we thank you for this vision. We thank you for the mission. And we thank you for the privilege it is to call you our Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, church. We've gone a a little over time, and there's free coffee in the foyer, so (laughs) I'm going to pray a blessing as we finish the service. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your church. I thank you for the future that it has. Lord, I thank you for some of these initiatives that are going to be taking place this year and beyond. I pray that in and through them that your word would be declared. I pray in and through them that people would be discipled. I pray in and through them that the uncomfort that we experience would help us take a step closer in faith and obedience to being the individuals and the church that you have called us to be. Lord, I pray that you would help us to think outside the box in a way that is dependent and reliant on only you. Lord, we thank you for the legacy that we stand upon. We thank you for the heritage that we have built upon. And we thank you for what is yet to come. Lord, I pray a blessing upon this week. I pray as we go from this place that we would be inspired and encouraged to do great things for you. And Lord, we pray a blessing upon this year and beyond for your street, your people, and your city. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We would love to see you next week. It's the Welcome Home Service. For those that haven't been to church for a while, we'd love to to see them come home to our church family, which would be excellent. You'll also see you would have been given a response card. And in true history legacy form, at the very back of the church is the old offering box. It's this little box that we 
I don't know, we just wouldn't use any more. It would really take forever to go around anyway. Um, but we're going to put those response cards in. They'll be up for a couple of weeks. So if you want to go home, pray about what God has said to you. If you've got questions about the vision, you know, do, there's the coffee shop, do skinny decaf latte soy cappuccinos or whatever. Um, you can put those questions down and get those answered um, in through the question box. And um, have a great week and we'll see you later.